Hello, and welcome to the Breastfeeding Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ann Eglash. This podcast is co-sponsored by the Department of Family Medicine at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health, as well as the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. The Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine is an international organization of physicians dedicated to the promotion, protection, and support of breastfeeding and human lactation through education and research. Our goal for this podcast series is to help you manage clinical aspects of breastfeeding medicine. We also hope to keep you updated with current research that may impact practice management. Any advice or recommendations in this podcast do not reflect official policies or views of the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. Today we're going to talk about adoptive nursing, and we're going to talk with Dr. Ella Gordina. Dr. Gordina is a general pediatrician who specializes in adoption and foster care medicine. She practices in East Brunswick, New Jersey, in the United States. Hi, Ella. How are you doing today? Wonderful. Thank you. How are you? Good. Thanks for um, joining me on this podcast today. So today we're going to talk about adoptive nursing. And my first question for you is, why would a mother consider nursing her adopted infant or child? Um, That's a very interesting question. Uh, And that should root into the definition of nursing. If we are talking about nursing as a breastfeeding, uh, the natural desire of most of the women to breastfeed and women who go through adoption uh, very often are missing that feeling of having the baby in their arms and breastfeeding and everything. But also, if we will be talking about the nursing as the, we will be talking about the nursing as the uh, services that are provided to somebody uh, to promote, maintain, or restore health and well-being, okay, then the actual nursing, which I really like the definition, and thank you for giving that uh, uh, definition to me, uh, is actually the process of nursing the child to the physical and um, physical and emotional health. And in this situation, when we're talking about this type of, uh, this definition of nursing, Every mother, every family that is caring for a child, biological, adopted, or kinship and foster, actually should be considering nursing the child because it's an extremely important part of the parenting. So if a lot of mothers are not thinking about nursing as of the breastfeeding because of their age, because of their medical problems, or because of the age of the child, because most of the children who are placed and or adopted are way beyond the newborn period. And they think that uh, they would not be able to achieve the lactation, and they don't think that the child would be able to uh, take to the breast, and it's a lost cause. But if we are defining nursing as the process of the therapeutic parenting as nursing the child to health, then every adopted biological foster and kinship mother and family should be uh, considering adoptive nursing for uh, their children. So when you talk about nursing as going beyond latching the baby onto the breast, can you talk about what else is incorporated in this concept of nursing an adopted child? Uh, let's go a little bit back onto the quote-unquote normal breastfeeding routine. 
The baby is born, placed on the mother's body. Skin-to-skin -skin contact is initiated. The first suckling is done. Uh, baby is uh, put on the breast constantly. Baby is being held constantly. Uh, baby is being rewarded by a little bit of colostrum that he or she is getting in his or her mouth. And that is promoting the, um, uh, promoting the um, breastfeeding, attachment, dependency, you'll name it. In a child who is neglected, in the child who is not, taken, uh, not well taken care of, this child is being left in the crib without any holding or any parental or caregiver interaction. This child is being fed uh, from the bottle, very often just in the crib. The uh, bottle is just being uh, positioned with the towels. Very often uh, the nipple opening is very big. The child is uh, in order to speed the feeding. Uh, the child is usually never held face to face, to say nothing about skin to skin. Uh, if child is being held, it's usually away from the caregiver. The child is never touched. And child is actually promoted to be independent from the very beginning, from the early infancy. That brings uh, this child to a lot of emotional, uh, physical, and sensory issues, negative issues. Those children have oral motor problems. Those children have feeding difficulties. Those children cannot be cannot tolerate normal human being touch, and those children cannot attach to a caregiver as a healthy uh, children would. So even before uh, an adoptive mother would consider putting her breast into the baby's mouth and everything, we first have to actually make sure that the child is able to be held able to suck, a lot of kids cannot, this child is able to tolerate face-to-face -face uh, contact, this child is able to tolerate skin-to-skin -to -skin contact, and the mother is able to uh, go through the, um, and if all the stuff, all those conditions are met, only then if the child and the mother are getting ready to the actual uh, uh, lactation and suckling uh, process, only then the breastfeeding should be initiated. But in adoptive uh, nursing, in adoption process, every step, step of the way is actually a success. So very often it takes weeks to make sure that the child is able to be held. It takes even longer for the child to accept face-to-face -face contact or uh, to be able to suck from a bottle with a tight nipple. Very often it takes months to develop the eye-to-eye -eye contact and skin-to-skin uh, -skin contact and everything. So the actual breastfeeding is a paramount of the adoptive nursing. And so let's say that we have a baby who does not face the challenges that you're discussing, who hasn't been in the care and this sort of neglected care that you've described. Uh, let's say that an adoptive family just receives a newborn baby um, or the baby perhaps has been well cared for for the first month but has not been nursed. What are the challenges that a mother has in actually putting the baby to the breast? How can she be successful in doing that? Um, 
let's say the baby is already one month old and mother never breastfed or mother breastfed but she wasn't prepared. In this situation, uh, the same process will be continued but it will be pretty well sped up. So the baby will be uh, placed on the um, uh, baby will be held, placed on the chest, placed skin-to-skin uh, -skin contact, allowed actually uh, I would gladly allow the child not nutrient suckling on the uh, nipple, on the mother's nipple, okay? While we will be working uh, with the lactation consultant on um, inducing lactation of the mother. Mm -hmm. And also, you... one little, there is one little thing that I would prefer to make sure that we are talking about when talking about adaptive, family, uh, adaptive nursing and everything. Please understand that we have to make sure that this child does not carry any nasty diseases that can actually be transmitted from the child to the mother. There was a, uh, I'm not sure if you are familiar with the events of 1980s in Russia with the first AIDS outbreak in Soviet Union? No. Uh, in 1980s there was an outbreak of AIDS in the neonatal intensive care units and pediatric units in the southern Russia when uh, one child was born with AIDS and a uh, kid was sick, was admitted to the hospital because of the improper uh, practices, uh, there was a horizontal transmission of, the, of HIV infection through the intensive care units because uh, nurses were using multiple dose vials of heparin to flush the central lines. And because the breastfeeding was encouraged uh, as usual in uh, all neonatal intensive care units, there were several cases of uh, reverse vertical transmission of HIV from a, an affected child to a mother through the cracks. Okay, so it's unfortunately that uh, was a very sad story. A lot of people died, a lot of uh, some kids are still surviving. Uh, 30 years later, uh, but uh, what we need to make sure is that while we are preparing for adoption, while we are preparing in uh, for the, this child for the um, uh, placement in the family and immediately after the placement in the family, it's very important for mother to make sure that while she is going through initial steps of the adaptive nursing, to make sure that the child is not infected, to repeat all the testing and to make sure that the kid is fine. Very interesting. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So let's say that a mother is attempting to put the baby to the breast and has been um, providing skin to skin and um, feeding the baby while looking at the baby and is trying to do non-nutritive sucking at the breast uh, to prepare for breastfeeding, and the baby is having a difficult time latching on. Can we talk more specifically about the things that mom and the family could do to gain some of those benefits that we see with breastfeeding or, in other words, reduce the risks of bottle feeding? First of all, as with any medical problem in pediatrics or in any medicine, um, any, any um, field of medicine, we first have to diagnose why, evaluate the child and diagnose why we're having those problems. Okay? Right. The problem at that time can be exactly the same as the problems with the newborn baby. Okay? And it can be some problems with the mother's nipple. It can be 
child is uh, not used to uh, taking a, um, a reasonably good uh, nipple, maybe the hole was too big, maybe uh, the child is uh, having problems some uh, with sensory issues, maybe uh, the uh, bottle feeding was too traumatic to the child or something. That's evaluation. That's, uh, that's a simple, easy solution. That's the easiest part in the adaptive breastfeeding. It is much harder when we're doing with the four, five, six-month-old babies or even older children. If mother wants to, for example, provide some benefits of breastfeeding for a nine-month-old, 12-month-old, 14-month-old baby, okay? Then it's much more issues, and those are the issues that should be uh, addressed and should be uh, considered when uh, people are talking about the uh, adaptive breastfeeding. Okay. So one, I guess the last topic I want to talk about in terms of adaptive nursing is the issue of milk supply. And many women get wrapped up in uh, wanting to make sure that they have enough milk and preparing uh, for milk production before they even adopt a child. And could we talk a little bit about breast preparation and what expectations mothers should have for their milk supply? Uh, very good question. A lot of do-it-yourself websites are uh, advocating for very early breast preparation and establishing milk supply very early in the referral process, even when the ch family is just referred for a child and everything. Depending on the type of adoption, let's say new newborn versus uh, early infancy, let's say one to two weeks or um, late infancy, several months of age, those are different types of preparation. If we're talking about newborn referral, definitely preparing yourself, starting all those um, mechanical, maybe medication type preparation, that would be a good thing. Establishing milk supply by uh, the time of the newborn arrival, usually biological mothers would not have established milk supply by the time the baby is born. Okay? So if uh, the mother was breastfeeding before, then it's usually not a big problem to establish the milk supply. If uh, this is a newborn baby, the actual requirement for the milk would be half an ounce per feeding or something, so the mother can stop uh, can start pumping and uh, uh, producing that within a month of uh, starting the uh, relactation process. Said that. Everything can happen, and the probability of losing referral is still pretty hard, uh, pretty high on the list of uh, potential adoption problems. And uh, it's a double-edged sword, and mother has to decide if she want to, if she wants to go with the pre-adoption preparation, understanding that it something can go wrong and she can be left with the milk but without the child. Right. And that's a very traumatic situation. It's a double. Losing the referral is a very traumatic situation. It's equivalent to losing your child. Right. Okay? Mm -hmm. But losing the referral and having a lot of milk supply and having your breast engorged and going through the uh, withdrawal process, uh, withdrawal period from the medications and everything, that's a nasty situation, and a lot of women unfortunately found themselves into that in that situation. And that's what I'm trying to avoid by asking women to wait 
until they will have the referral before they will start preparation, especially right. all the referrals. Talking about the older adoptions, especially international adoptions, it's almost impossible to develop enough milk supply to satisfy the needs of the hungry, malnourished, deprived, five, six, 10, 12, 14 month old baby. Those babies are easily taking 10 to 16 ounces of formula in one sitting. It's almost impossible to develop this type of milk supply, especially without the child being present. The mother has to go through the, uh, through the uh, difficulties of traveling to the international country, going through the emo emotional turmoil of going through the court system, traveling, living in the um, sometimes suboptimal uh, conditions. For example, people adapting from China have, have to travel for two weeks. They're on the road for two weeks. Not the most um, uh, optimal conditions for establishing uh, breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. okay. Yes. So, uh, traveling on the air, several airplanes, uh, airplane rides uh, within the country and then internationally also would not help you. Uh, please understand that the issue of the post-adoption depression is real. We're not always talking about it, but it is real. It has nothing to do with the hormones. It's just the question of the uh, parents being exhausted, parents being uh, completely overwhelmed with adoption, and meeting the challenging or challenges of the adopted child. I see. So I would highly recommend in the any adoption beyond the newborn period to actually wait till the child is safely at home till the family is settled to go through the initial steps and then when everything is settled down when everything is running as it should be when uh, all the medical issues are uh, sorted out all the therapies are in place and everything and with the help of a very of a good feeding specialist lactation consultant Occupational therapists are extremely good in uh, assisting with the feeding issues, only then to start working on the um, uh, only then to start working on the actual lactation and actual breastfeeding. But by then, the family is somewhere in the middle of the adoptive nursing process because you can hold the child on the road. You can work on the eye contact on the road. You can do skin-to-skin -skin contact on the road or when you're at home. It's a part of initial adjustment. Right, right. Okay. Yep. That sounds like excellent advice. That's uh, very practical information. Um, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Alagordina, uh, for joining me on this podcast today. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. If you have any interest in the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine or any questions or comments about this podcast, please email us at abm at b as in boy, f as in frank, med.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a few weeks.